Welcome to Culture Eats Strategy. Eats Strategy. With your host, entrepreneur Jamie J. Jamie J. On this podcast, we unpack the most powerful, intangible culture. Culture. Culture is way more than a mission statement or words on a wall. It's how a company behaves. It's what informs every decision, action, and reaction. Culture is the invisible hand, the true north that guides every organization. And if you create a legendary culture, you will build a legendary company. A legendary company. Now, here he is, Jamie J. Jamie J. Hello, Jamie J. with another episode, Culture Eats Strategy. If you don't know by now, you soon will in about two seconds because it's been inspired by the late, great Peter Drucker. I absolutely love what he has done uh, to challenge the status quo. And hard to believe that he was fired by, I forget which automaker it was, but it was one of the big automakers where he came in to consult and they fired him because they didn't like how he was disrupting uh, the culture there. Um, and I just, I, ever since I, I started my uh, virtual assistant company, I've really enjoyed getting into really embracing uh, culture and what it means to have a culture and just the simple um, way that culture eats strategy has just blown open the doors. And I am just can't wait to get more information and learn more about how to make our company better, how to improve our culture. And that's the reason for this podcast. And I recently got this book here by Gary Wilbers, who's uh, our guest on today. And it's Positive Culture Wins in Business and Life. If you've heard any of my past episodes, you know that I, I don't like that term work-life balance. I think it's life balance. I think you have to, um, and I've said this over and over again, but that's why I really love this title so much, Positive Culture Wins in Business and Life. And I like the fact that it's just not culture, that it's positive culture. Um, and just a second, I'm going to bring, bring in Gary on um, to talk a little bit more about the book and about what he's got going on. And we'll have a nice little conversation. Guess what? Yep, it's about culture. <laughs> so uh, Gary Wilbers has been a successful entrepreneur his entire life, and he now uses the knowledge he's gained through his experience to help individuals and organizations ascend to their peak through coaching, training, and speaking. He's also the author of three books, Positive Culture Wins, 21 Ways to Attract, Retain, and Engage Millennials, which sounds pretty dang interesting, and the High Achiever Leadership Formula. Um, we'll be sharing all of Gary's uh, links and everything here in the show notes. But without any further ado, please welcome to Culture Eat Strategy, Gary Wilbers. How are you? Jamie, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here today. Oh, this is, I am, I'm super pumped. And I just want to say this right off the bat. Um, you are top notch, top class here. You sent me this book and I typically really like to read the books before I interview the authors. Um, and I told you, I've received literally, I think it was 11 books in the last week, so I did not get to read this. I have browsed through it, and I thought, here's top class. If you're not seeing this video, I create a video too, and you can go watch them over on YouTube. I think it's coming out pretty soon. I'm, I'm not sure. But he wrote a little handwritten note in here. Um, he sent me his book, and he had a, a, a nice little thank you typed out. I just thought, man... That is just top-notch. It says a lot about your character, and I just want to say thank you again. 
and you autographed it for me, man. Ah, man, I love it. Thank you, Gary. Thank you so much. Well, you're welcome. I'm glad to have you. I think that's really where our culture starts and everything that we do. So really that to me, that's been a normal thing. And some people want to call it call a customer service, but it's what the culture do you want? I mean, you and I both got to meet each other over the phone. Then we came, we're now doing the podcast. I told you, I'm going to even try to visit you in person, but it's still about relationships And culture is really about those relationships. And that's what I love about it is in our industry, we get a chance to meet so many different people. It really is. And, you know, when you do, it's something like this. I mean, you you put it in the mail. um, It takes you, I don't know, what five minutes to write out a little note. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to share it. I'm going to, I'm talking about it now. And I'm just like, man, that's just so cool. And you're right. That's culture. I, there's there's negative culture, there's positive culture, there's always culture. It's how you want to shape it. And I, I wonder if maybe you can tell me um, maybe a little bit about positive culture wins in business and life, kind of um, how you use that fable to kind of bring out an underlying story of culture. Yeah, it's a business fable. It's by the main character is Johnny. And Johnny is going through the challenges that all of us is in life, the craziness. But of course, I will say, um, people that want to be successful, sometimes we will leave other things behind because we're chasing that success. And in the book, he thinks he has a perfect life. You know, he's providing great for his family. They live in a gated community. All those things that sometimes people think mean success. And he's doing that basically at the detriment to his family. Mm. And finally, one day he comes home. And his wife says, enough is enough. And he realizes that he needs to give that up. But he doesn't have to lose everything and ends up moving closer to back home. I'm not going to give you the full story, but moving closer back home and working with a company that believes culture, that business and life goes together versus, let's be honest, in some, I'm going to peg the corporate world because I'm a small business guy. In the corporate world, a lot of times it's you eat, breathe, and everything that they have. And really, we don't care about your personal life. You better show up before the boss. You better leave uh, after the boss and all those things in between. And he figures out that he can have both. And Mm. that becomes the real challenge because first, it's about our mindset. Mm. Positive culture really has to start with that mindset What are we willing to change and are we willing to break that paradigm? Because when we're in the day-to-day and we're that person of Johnny, we can't see out. We don't see the other vision. We just see this is part of life, you know, but look at this. I've got a brand new car. I've got a beautiful home. I'm providing this for my family. My kids are able to go to these special dance lessons. They're able to do whatever they want. But the problem is, who are they missing? Mm -hmm. And I still think dad is part of the equation that needs to be in it. Same way if it's mom. So it could be, you know, ladies now are following that success path. The challenge that they have is to make sure that they don't give up all that just for the success, the same way that males have to have that same challenge there. So I think it fits for both of us. I totally think it does. And I think there's something to say, do he said for being successful parent, being successful husband, being a successful wife. I think that is hand in hand. If you're happy at home, you're happy at work. If you're happy at work, you're happy at home. And if there's that magical balance out there, it's whatever's right for you and your family or you and your friends or you and your colleagues, I think. And man, isn't that hard though to juggle? 
It is. It really is. And I heard you're um, saying about work-life balance, and I agree with the so whole um, exact philosophy. I use a little bit of the term I've heard, work-life integration. It's really mm-hmm. about integrating them together. Because let's be honest, in, if you're in real estate, we're in Missouri. So in Missouri, in the wintertime, I spoke to a, a mortgage group that you know, works with real estate agents. They're not as busy in January and February. But man, when spring hits like now, April, May, June, whatever time of the year it is, they're a lot busier. Well, sometimes you've got to integrate that. So how can you create those breaks that you need to have? Now, there's times that we've got to get a project done, and I'm sure you've had it, and you've had to work more than what you want it to. But you're willing to do that, but then you're able to get that freedom somewhere else. And I think that's where that integration comes in when we really see that the culture of organizations and within our life can be integrated in our life. Then sometimes at business, you know, if we've got a five-day show and we're out of town, we're going to have to go out of town for those five days. You can't just say, hey, boss, I don't like that culture. I'm not going to do that. Well, the boss will probably say, great, Gary, you can find a new job too. Yeah. Instead, yes, you go do that. But then what can you do when you get back to be able to find that time, that break to be able to have there? You know, one of the things that's you, I, I've never heard the term work-life integration. I think that's, that's brilliant. Um, instead of work-life balance. I, I really believe that the work-life balance is, is, is an improper term <laughs> to be used. One of the things I found in my personal life with Sarah, my girlfriend, is that it, just like you said, if, if something comes up and there's a project and that has to get done and I don't want to do it, I've really learned to say, hey, I'm so sorry. Um, this is what's happening right now. Um, I really hope that, uh, you know, you understand that I have to finish this project or whatever it is. Um, vice versa, too. If, if it's, you know, something at work and I, you know, I need to go play hockey you know, or something's going, hey, I appreciate where we're at right now, but I have a commitment here. Um, I think communication or communicating in that way, oh my gosh, talk about positive positivity in a cultural Oh, that changes everything. And you hit it on the head because part of my um, one talk that I'm doing now is culture. To me, the C stands for communication. And that's what's wrong in the workplace. Also, it's a challenge in our personal lives. We do that and then they don't know and we don't communicate it. And then we wonder why they get frustrated or why they get mad. Same way with your team members. If you're not communicating the expectations and you know next month you've got a big project coming up, there's probably going to be some extra hours that need to be put in. Don't wait till the day that they need to do that project to come in and say, hey, Jamie, we need you to stay late tonight because we've got to get this done. Communicate it ahead. And when we have that open dialogue of communication, it makes the relationship stronger personally and professionally because then we're talking adult to adult. versus child to adult because really when you say well you have to do this that's talking as kind of parent to child yeah most people do I remember when I my mom did that to me I was like (laughs) ah no (laughs) I don't want (laughs) to so we've got to do that but have that relationship and that's why I think it's so important in culture it's that communication and in the business side of it I mean in a small business it affects all businesses But small businesses right now, their competitive advantage could be culture in their workplace. Mm. Because it's easier to develop a culture 
in a smaller workplace than it is larger. Now it's done in larger's American Express, and you can name company after company that has Google. done. So yeah. they they make it happen, but they have that ingrained in. But in a small business, if you got five, 10, 15, 50 employees, you have it even easier to create that positive culture than the others if you're willing to work on. And it becomes a competitive advantage because people love working for you then. So in, in, in your, in your uh, speaking and, and the way that you share the knowledge with others that are, and thank you for doing that, by the way, because I think more and more people need to be exposed to this. When does culture begin? When you're hiring, once you start the process of hiring, really. Not when you've hired them, when you start the process. Because what is your process to bring them on? Because I'll give you an example. I talk about success in hiring. Part of the hiring process is what are you putting out to the marketplace? Do you have a defined, I like Matthew Kelly just came out with a culture book and he talks about role description instead of job description. Mm. And I love that's Matthew Kelly's. I didn't come up with it, but they shouldn't be job descriptions. They're role descriptions because in our personal life, we're one person. But in our work, what's our role that we need to be there? So what's your role description and then how you come out? And then how do you get back to them? Um, you know, if you've got 50 applicants, do you just call the five that you want to interview? Or do you let the other 45 know, I'm sorry, Jamie, we didn't accept your application, but blah, 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 whatever you want to say in an email, do you get back to them? Because part of your culture is if you never respond to them, well, what if they wanted to be your customer? Yeah. Well, then you don't respond back to them and you just think, oh, they just sent in a resume, no big deal. Well, they sent you a resume, send them a, you can template it to make it sound like it's personal, but send them back an um, email that says, thank you for submitting your resume at this time. We filled that application or we have our people that we're going to interview and we're not going to bring you forward in the process. But it sets the tone. So it's that culture. And then I believe in what we've got to change is where one person is interviewing and hiring. If it's HR or the person, the leader that's responsible for that. Instead, if they're going to work for a team and let's say they're going in the accounting department, mm-hmm. well, instead of the accounting manager hiring them, the person that's in charge, get the accounting manager and have the AP or the AR or somebody else on the team be in that hiring process with them. And then based off of core competencies, and what do they do? Whenever there's somebody else in the interview process, they feel if that's who they choose, that person is going to feel obligated to help them in the cycle to develop them into your company and your culture then. And it's bringing them right in. So the process to me starts once you start the process of even looking at job description or role description to put out and start advertising for it. Oh man, that's music to my ears. I absolutely love that. Empowerment, right? Yeah. You're empowering the organizations. And, and what we do in, in our company in Bottleneck is we do role, roles and responsibilities. So that's everyone cool. does their roles and responsibilities. And the neat thing is, well, I, I think it's neat. Um, every year we review the roles and responsibilities. Uh, a little bit more than that now, probably twice a year. But at the beginning of every year, I, I have one-on-ones and we sit down and we go through the roles and responsibilities. And I have the team, they do their own roles and responsibilities. And then we have a discussion about it. And what's really cool is they're basically creating their work environment where they can be feel empowered to make their own decisions 
and uh, we have a, a hierarchy in our decision-making process. Is it right for the company? Uh, is this decision going to help the team? And is this decision then going to help the clients? And we feel that that's really powerful because when each of us make a decision, we don't have to go, hey, Jamie, can I do this? Or, hey, Anthony, our CEO, can I do this? Or, you know, they make a decision. Now, if they're wrong, eh, they're wrong. We're going to learn. We're going we're gonna to need to fix it. It's not going to bankrupt the company. But we find ways to empower them. And if they do it incorrectly, guess what? We address it. We fix it. And now they've learned. And I just think empowering staff, or empowering the team, empowering your employees are, are just amazing. So um, I'm glad that you brought that up. You know, where culture begins is, you know, before that hiring process, probably even as well, because you have to know what you're going to do, I would assume. Yeah. And then what you're talking about, you're empowering them. So then you're getting that engagement from the team because they feel empowered. So they're engaged in the workplace instead of them studies of two, 34% engaged, you're increasing that 50, 60, 70%. And what happens? What happens when our people are engaged? I've come up with this philosophy. When people are engaged, performance goes up and profits increase. That's the exciting one. Now, the other thing is, if your people are not engaged and it's not about the people, then of course, what happens to their performance? It Mm -hmm. goes down. Well, what happens to profits then? Profits go down also. So the key is, is when you really think about it, about the people, and I've been reading some Herb Keller on Southwest Airlines and how he said, no, it's first about the people and then it's about the customers. Because if we take care of our people, they're going to take care of our customers. And if you've ever had a Southwest flight, that is what happens because mm-hmm. they're taken care of. So their performance goes up and then the profits increase. And it's just a philosophy that's there. There was a recent, I don't know how recent, but a study that Harvard did. And they showed over an 11-year period, companies that have a positive culture increases their profits by 756%. Holy. If that doesn't get your attention, a business owner, wake up. Yeah. It's huge. And now it's over 11 years and they studied over 200 organizations, but a 756% increase in profits by having a positive culture. That's a differentiator now. Holy. Now, well, just we were talking earlier about work-life integration. Can you imagine the impact from a professional point of view, has on your personal point of view. Yeah. Like, yeah, what a difference they make. Because, go, you know, when I go out and speak, I speak to a lot of um, organizations where there may be individuals too. And I talk about this positive culture wins a business life. And I tell them it first starts with themselves. Because the thing is, everyone wants to say it's someone else or it's the leader's responsibility. The thing is, my belief is we're first leaders of who? Ourselves. Ourselves. So we have to lead ourselves. If we want to be positive, we have to put that there. Now, we have to realize there's some things that will turn us negative. Like, I'll be honest, if I watch too much news, I can become that negative. And people know me as a very positive individual and say, Gary, how are you always positive? Because I take that stuff and I dissect it out of my life. I I still know what's going on in the world, but I take it in my segments versus their segments. You know, oh, sit down and watch an hour of the news and what happens to you. You start thinking the world's going to heck and everybody's in trouble. We're not going to be able to live, whatever that is. 
Instead, what do you want to put in? So when you're in your vehicle, how are you putting those things, those thoughts, those things in your mind? One of the things that I say is positive culture is about your choices daily. So what are your choices? What are you reading? What are you listening to? We love to listen to good books, read good books, listen to podcasts. This morning on my run, I was listening to a podcast, you know, listening to someone else trying to feed my mind with what I wanted to feed it. And anyone can do that now, especially with the tools that's out there. So, yeah, you just nailed another. I like that. Making positive choices daily. That's huge. Because it's not, um, I was listening to or reading an article the other day about Jeff Bezos. And I, w- I wish I could be in the same position. Not, I'm not talking financial and all that kind of stuff. I'm talking about the, his, 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 the state, his, his mindset that he is right now. He doesn't make a lot of decisions every day. He makes two, three, four, five decisions, but he's, he's two years down the road making these decisions. So he really focuses in on these small, you know, and just he approaches every day, very respectively, very calculated, which I think is fantastic. Um, now, sure, people have arguments back and forth on what's happening here and there, but overall, I think that's pretty cool. And you have to understand that once you start building a team out, if you can empower them to make the decisions, that really helps you make positive choices daily and lessens the load on us, on each of us. Well, and what does it do? It allows us to live passionately. Mm. It allows us to go towards our purpose. You know, I'll be honest, in my 20s, I didn't think about purpose much and probably even in the 30s and stuff. But as you started getting on the later side of life, 40s and 50s, and maybe I'm a late bloomer that I didn't, but now it really does mean something to me. So what am I leaving the world? What do I want to do? Now, of course, part of a millennials, and I've written a book on millennials, that's one of the big, their big differentiators. They want to make a purpose now, and they want to know what your purpose is in your organization. So, so many people say, oh, those millennials. Well, the thing is, it's by us, if we're that generation X, we have to change our philosophy or boomers, how we relate to them. Because to them, they want to fulfill that purpose when they get in the workplace. And remember, I tell people all this all the time, who created them? Yeah. We did. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> so we did the happy meal with the, the treat in every prize. We did where the soccer games, everybody won, or there was a treat after the game and all those things. Then they get in the workplace and we change the game. Yeah. No. Culture is about keeping the game the same. And when you create that culture that is positive, then it allows everyone to bring their best self forward. The best part about it is the facts show positive culture and incorporating in your company, and it will increase your profits. And that's the bottom line. But the other thing is, it's so much more fun, too. Yeah, <laughs> it is. I, I actually look forward to every Tuesday morning meeting that we have. I get to hear the fun things that people are doing within the organization and, and, you know, personally, you know, what's, what, what gets them excited. I get to hear about, you know, uh, Yang's kid winning the karate tournament and it's just, it's just neat. Um, uh, our, um, Roanne is incredible when it comes to stats and she went on a hike this weekend to find this rare flower that smelt like, I don't know, some rotten steak or something, rotten meat. It was just crazy. But she, that's what she loves. And she got a picture next to it and shared it with us. That stuff is what I think kind of in, just encapsulates 
encapsulates a positive culture. And that's what continues to drive me and want me to, I just want to keep doing this and keep doing it because it's a good environment. Now, there comes a time when business is business. Um, I talked to Mike McCallowitz about this and, and, and he had a really cool saying for, you know, cause he wants to like, when he walks in, his staff doesn't go, the boss is here. They're like, Hey, what's up, Mike? How was your weekend? That's awesome. And then once one of them get, maybe get a little sidetracked or something, Hey, you know, you got to check out this cat video on YouTube or something. He might say, let's offline that for right now and get to this. And I thought, oh, that was brilliant. Yeah, and what you're talking about, I love because that's a great way to start meetings. I share this with people that I coach and, you know, because it's not common practice, what you're doing of talking about what they're doing. Instead, it's just about sharing, you know, and a great way to do it in a meeting. Have a meeting and walk in and tell people you'll, you'll hear the environment. There may be a little bit of speaking and everything. I do a leadership class. And when they first started, you know, very quiet. And, you know, every month they get to know each other a little bit more. But we start every class with what I call a positive focus personally and professionally and they write it down and then sometimes I have them share out loud sometimes I have them share with groups but what happens when they start sharing the level of the room goes up because we're talking about something that excites us that makes us happy and then what's the rest of the meeting it makes the meeting that the rest of the meeting more effective because why paying attention they're in that mode of how can we positively impact the company? How can we make those differences? And any business leader listening today, that's one tip I give you. Go into your next meeting that you go into, and if you normally start out and you have the agenda and stuff and say, okay, we're going to take a little pause from this, and I want each person to share a personal and professional positive focus. Now, if you've got five or ten, you can easily do that um, within the group. If you got more than that, then you may want to team them up where they share with each other and then just tell somebody to share a couple of good examples that they've heard because then you'll hear about those things that are so special and it makes people feel good. It does. And I think it's also about authenticity and being real and absolutely enjoying the environment. Um, we all do our wins together. We all go through the valleys together and we, and we will be there to back each other up. Uh, if I need to carry some on my back, I'll carry them. And I know uh, the team is there for me as well. And it's just, it's just amazing. I, I, I absolutely love learning about culture and learning about different ways that we can get into it. Um, one of the things that I learned from a previous guest too, is there's a difference between a meeting and a briefing. I've, <laughs> it's almost like hitting a wall. I had a meeting one time. I should have called it a briefing because I walked in and I said, okay, guys, we're going to switch this and we need to do this and let's start it. And everybody was like, whoa, whoa, what? Wait, what? And I didn't, it, I, I needed to lead up to that. I need to have a launch wrap. I wonder, can, do you talk about that ever, about um, not just throwing something on somebody, but kind of, okay, this is kind of what I'm thinking. Let's, let's, let's talk about this and see where we can go. Yeah, I think that's the real key of with that communication side is really you have to understand there's really only four styles that's out there of people who be communicated. I think the real key is at times, you know, I'm a driver and I probably would say you're probably a driver too, Jamie, because we're entrepreneurs and we're going after things. But we have to realize that our style doesn't always fit with the other people's style. So sometimes when I'm going to that person that's an S that's a supportive and they're great at their role, and if I come to them and say, hey, I need you to do a blah, 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 and kind of walk off, 
They're going to be like, whoa, what's his problem today? <laughs> Instead, hey, Jamie, I need your help with this project. Here's what I've got going on. What, what do you think would work? Can you run with that? And what other questions do you have? Because the problem I get into sometimes, I'll get too tunnel focused. And then my communication really slips. And I think I'm explaining everything. And instead, I'm dictating everything. Mm -hmm. I'm telling them what to do. And I think that's the key is if we start to understand, if we communicate to their style, the goal of a leader should be to flex to the style of the person that they're leading. And they're going to get the most out of them. Because what do they feel like? They feel like they're being supportive. I had a great CFO in my previous, one of my previous businesses. And he was the type that doing the numbers, all those details, great. But he didn't like me coming in and just, I do, 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 you know, instead, hey, how can we do this? How can we do it better? He would take and run with it. But it is the way I communicated with him made it be far more valuable and really kind of created that positive culture for him. And then, of course, he did love the praise. You know, at the end of a quarter, when he would do or monthly do the statements, of course, what do you do as a business owner? You look at the bottom line and see, is there anything left? And of course, I would always praise, I appreciate all the work you do up to that point. Because of course, what does it look like when all I do is look at the bottom line? Like, God, the last three days I've put into this doesn't mean anything to you. It just matters what the bottom line is. So letting them know how much you appreciate the work and effort that they did to get the result, to ultimately get the result that you need. Mm. Man, that's it's music to my ears. It's uh, it's leading with kindness. Yeah, um, exactly. it, it it totally is. Listening, hearing, um, instead of speaking, talking, <laughs> or demanding. Wow, 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 wow. And that's what they're hearing when we do it. Yeah. That's the thing is, leaders, you think you're doing something really good? That's what they're hearing. Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> and you're like, got it. What? <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Well, how do people get in touch with you if they want to learn more about Gary Wilbers? Well, then go to my website, GoAscend. It's G-O-A-S-C-E-N-D.biz. Um, got a lot of resources there that's available for people. Um, I've got a shop page there with the books. They're, of course, on Amazon that's out there um, that they can pick up the books too or then go to our page. One thing I was going to share with you, I've got two things I'd love to share with the audience if they want. I've got a program called the Seven Days of Charge. And if they're interested, it's free. Um, all they got to do is give their email. And it's seven, basically, um, videos, short videos with some tools. Because if you want to put that charge in your life, and we haven't even talked about this, but I got an acronym called CHARGE of create habits around real goals every day. And that's mm. the way to put that charge in your life. And all they got to do is go to positiveculturewins.biz. And they can get that um, download that's there. And then I created this year, I thought with the everything about positive culture, I'm the type that I like something behind my mirror when I'm brushing my teeth that I can look at. And what I did is I created bit.ly and it's just bit.ly backslash PCW, which is positive culture wins, PCW blueprint. And it, you can get this and there's no opt-in or anything else, but it has things like I talked about. Positive culture affects your mindset. Positive culture influences others in life. Positive culture impacts your customers. It's just a quick read every morning to kind of remind yourself or whenever you want to read it that how do I put that positive culture into my life each and every day? Because it's got to become a habit because that's the thing. Otherwise, if we don't continue to put that positive culture in, 
there's no way that we can do it. We have to be the one there. And of course, I'm on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Um, so they can check me out on anywhere on the social media sites also. That's fantastic. So charge, create habits around real goals every day? Yes. I love acronyms. Absolutely love acronyms. Yeah, I just think it's a great way because it reminds you, and I'll be honest, this came about, Jamie, because I was a charger, but I was early in my career the charger that charged over people. I was the Mm. rhinoceros that charged and I flattened them. And as I learned in business, the more I help people get what they want, of course, the old philosophy, the more my business grew. And this is where this culture side really came out. When we started doing things in our company that really increased the culture, my business profits increased. So I've got personal practical experience where it helped. And there's nothing today more satisfying than we'd get an employee. I'll still see them in my hometown and they say, man, I loved working for you. I wish you still had that company and stuff. I'd go to work for you. (laughs) Because we just created a culture that was fun, exciting, and engaged them into the workplace. And today, that's the key to success. Absolutely love it. I love it. Last year, my my word of the year was focus, finding opportunities by creating uninterrupted strategy sessions. This year, my my word is listen. Listen intently intently and so fully to engage notably. Yes. Do you have an acronym for culture? I do. Um, It's kind of a process that I'm working on now that I'm kind of coming out with a program. And for me, it's not so much an acronym, but I'm taking each letter and kind of creating. It's going to be my culture program off of it. C is all about communication. U is about your unique vision, mission, and values. And unique, meaning it's got to be not signs up on the wall. Um, the L is all about leadership. And again, leadership, I'm not talking about just the leaders in your organization. Everyone in your organization is a leader um, that's there. T is all about um, talent. So it really gets about hiring and the people that's on your team, all about the talent side of it that's there. And make sure I'm spelling it right here. You, of course, two you. So, you know, it makes it really challenging to create this. But it's understanding your brand. What is your brand or your mantra for your company? And when you understand your brand, then of course everyone else can understand that too. But your team's got to understand what that brand is. And an R is all about rewards. And rewards doesn't mean free food and all those things. But what are you? Re- how are you rewarding your team? How are you winning together? How are you creating that excitement as a group? When you win, they want to be part of that. They want to be rewarded. And then of course it's looking at individuals too and rewarding them. And then the E is evangelist. And ultimately, if you have evangelists, what do they do? You won't have to worry about hiring people ever again. They will help find the people that want to come to your organization because they're like, I love working in this place. When they're having cocktails with a friend, you won't believe what Gary did this week. He blah, blah, blah. And they're like, hey, you got any job openings? And then they're evangelizing and they're sharing your success stories. And then what happens when you're looking for the right person, that person's going to come to you versus Mm -hmm. trying to go out there. Today, the job market is pretty darn tough. Well, instead, wouldn't it be a lot easier to have a list of 10 or 15 or 20 people that want to come to work for you? And now you know what their strengths are and you could just bring them on the team. To me, that's why evangelists, if you do it with all the other pieces, you'll get to the E that will allow you to make it easier in the hiring process. Oh, I love it. 
See, I, I just, I, I should just be quiet and just let you talk the whole time because this is yeah. amazing. I, I learn so much every time, and it's just, it's just incredible. Um, I'm a big fan of acronyms. Um, I'm glad you are too because I think it's a really neat way to learn. Um, so I can't wait till you finish up with that one. That's going to be interesting. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to say before we wrap up today? No, I think we covered it. I think the biggest thing is I just want to tell people, if you're sitting there and saying, yeah, but those two guys, are they're just positive. I just want to tell you, you can be too. Remember, it's about creating that culture that you want, the results that you want, and then just creating the positive habits, you know, but you will have to change some things. You know, you don't get in my vehicle and listen to regular radio. You know, I'm listening to either a self-help or I've got it on a Christian radio station that doesn't have commercials. So I control what comes in, in my phone. I decide which podcast I want to listen to because one, I've been listening to Jamie since he told me about it and I love it because it's talking about culture, something that I love, but it's also I'm learning from others. And I've got several other podcasts that I listen to. John O'Leary out of St. Louis is a good friend. He's got a great podcast, Live Inspired. But I pick and choose what that is, but I decide what to put in. And that's the key is you have to make those choices of what do you want to put in? Do you want to put in the positive or negative? And here's one last tip that I share with my audiences. Proactive language is really the language of leadership. Mm. Active language is not the language of leadership. So think about that yourself. How does that affect you each day? If we are proactive in our language, that's the language of leadership because we're leading our life the way we want. And that's all about positive culture wins in business and life. Allows us to attain that. Goascend.biz. G-O-A-S-C-E-N-D dot biz, yeah? Yep, that's it. Fantastic. Uh, Gary, thank you so much for taking the time to share your wisdom with us today on Culture Eat Strategy. I really appreciate it. Well, thanks for what you're putting out there to the world because it's making a difference. And the thing is, we never know who, but today there's one person that's going to listen to this that needed to hear what we had to say. And that's the exciting part. We know that one person out there is going to listen to that. So thank you for having your show. Uh, thank you very much. And again, the book, Positive Culture Wins in Business and Life by Gary Wilbers. You can go to the website, check it out, go ascend.biz. We'll put all the information in the show notes so you can easily find it. Um, go uh, Amazon, support Gary, um, because if you get this book, which I am definitely going to be reading very, very soon, um, you're going to get a lot more of the same of what you heard in this discussion today. So thanks again for tuning in. A real quick note here before we wrap up. Um, I had a conversation earlier today with Tom Schwab. He's the CEO of Interview Valet, and he put this question out to me, and I want to put it out to you. Are your goals goals, or are your goals wishes? Hmm. Big difference here. So think about that for a second. Are you truly involved in what it is that you want to do, or is it something you're just saying that one day may happen? Uh, this is another aspect of culture. And uh, so think about that for a second and be intentional about your goals and your objectives. I think you're going to find that once you are 
and uh, implement and, and take action on these. I, I think, I think you're going to find a lot more positivity in your life. So Gary, again, and thank you so much for uh, jumping on board. Jamie, thanks for having me. I always leave by saying, make it a great day. Not make it a great day, not have a great day. <laughs> make it a great day. Awesome. Well, my name is Jamie J. On behalf of Gary Wilbers uh, and the Charge Podcast and uh, GoAscend.biz, um, this has been another episode of Culture Eats Strategy. I love that. I love Culture Eats Strategy. Thank you, Christopher Lockhead, for sharing that with me and motivating me to do this podcast. You are the man. Another great podcast to listen to is Follow Your Different. You can find more at Lockhead.com. Christopher Lockhead, thank you. You're awesome. Gary, thank you so much for uh, Sharon, it's just been an honor and a privilege. Oh, it's been a blast being on air. Thank you. <laughs> All right, everybody. We'll see you next time. Have a great one. Make it a great one. <laughs>